The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. And I guess this is the welcome back episode at the beginning of the 2022 to 2023 school year. So welcome back. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to make episodes more regularly, uh, which I've done in the past. And I think I want to aim for two to three episodes a week. We'll see where that takes me. One of the experiments I plan on trying is going back to the original model of defaulting to reading and discussing Marcus Aurelius's meditations in order. I think one of the biggest obstacles for me in making these episodes is trying to figure out what to make an episode about. So if I just follow the, the, the meditations and just take one after the other, then it kind of removes that decision from my hands and, and also kind of forces me to dig deeper into what he uh, wrote in order to understand what he meant. So We'll see how that goes. I'm going to try it out for September, and uh, and then we'll reassess after that. Okay, on to today's reading. Today's reading is from Epictetus's Discourses, Book 3, Chapter 23, which I actually saw in the book uh, The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday and uh, uh, Stephen Hanselman. So um, this was, I think, the September 2nd entry. Okay, so the line says... Men, the philosopher's lecture hall is a hospital. You shouldn't walk out of it feeling pleasure but pain, for you aren't well when you enter it. And since the commentary is so short and good, I'm going to read the uh, Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman's commentary. They said, have you ever been to physical therapy or rehab? No matter what the name implies or how many people you see lying about getting massages, it's not a fun place to be. It turns out that healing hurts. The trained experts know exactly where to exert pressure and what to subject to stress so that they can strengthen where the patient is weak and help stimulate the areas that have atrophied. Stoic philosophy is a lot like that. Some observations or exercises will touch one of your pressure points. It's nothing personal. It's supposed to hurt. That's how you'll develop the will to endure and persevere through life's many difficulties. So when I read this, I immediately thought of my own shot of the last Mishnah in Pirkei Avos in... This numbering, it's chapter 5, Mishnah 23. Uh, ben Hehe Omer Lufum Sa'ara Agra. So Ben Hehe says, according to the suffering is the reward. So I think, uh, so I, I wrote a, a blog post on this, which I'm actually going to read from. But uh, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that I think a lot of people read that and come away with this impression that, like, you get rewarded for the pain. Like, like in other words... If the process is painful, the pain somehow like translates into more reward. Uh, and my understanding is different. Okay, so this is, when I say this is my shot, I have not seen this in any of the Mepharshim. Uh, I actually got this, uh, this shot was inspired by uh, a quote from Bruce Lee. And that's why the name of the article that I wrote is called, uh, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Hold on, let me check it out here. It's called... Bruce Lee on Lefumtsara Agra. So I'm, I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm going to read uh, uh, some excerpts here. So Bruce Lee taught, people have to grow by skillful frustrations. Otherwise, they have no incentive to develop their own means and ways of coping with the world. We all have habits. The Rama would call these deos or character dispositions. Collectively, we refer to these habits as our personality. 
By and large, these habits dictate our decision-making. When we find ourselves in unfamiliar situations, our habits influence the direction our minds go in deciding how to act. In order to perfect ourselves in any area of life, we must be willing to alter these habits. In order to change our habits, we must act contrary to them. Forcing ourselves to go against our habits may be painful and frustrating, but it is absolutely necessary for the sake of our development. The most painful habits to break are the ones which are rooted in what we value most. The more attached we are, the more painful it is to act against our habits. For example, dieting can be torturous for those who are accustomed to eating whatever they want, whenever they want. Controlling one's temper can be extremely difficult for someone who is accustomed to, to unrestrained venting. Keeping halakha can feel especially oppressive for those who were brought up living a non-halakhic life. This is where Torah and mitzvot enter the picture. There is no area of our lives about which the Torah has nothing to say. In every area of our lives, the Torah guides us away from our default habits and develops us in accordance with its objectives. So far, we have set forth three premises. One, we are dominated by our habits. Two, acting contrary to our habits is painful. Three, the Torah compels us to act contrary to our habits for the sake of our development. Put it all together and we arrive at the following truth. Every major breakthrough in our Torah development will necessarily be accompanied by pain and frustration. Think about it. How would it be possible to have a real breakthrough which doesn't run contrary to our habits, emotions, and personality? If someone claims to have had a breakthrough in Torah which is so in line with his or her present way of living and thinking that it doesn't cause any conflict, then I would seriously question the authenticity of this breakthrough. Let us re-examine this idea in light of the aforementioned statement of Bruce Lee, which I will reiterate here. People have to grow by skillful frustrations. Otherwise, they have no incentive to develop their own means and ways of coping with the world. To borrow his terminology, the Torah spreads a 613-part layer of skillful frustrations over our lives, that's halacha, but instead of leaving us directionless to develop our own means and ways of coping with the world, the skillful frustrations of Torah guide us towards human perfection in accordance with the wisdom of the Creator. This, I believe, is the meaning of lefum tzara agra, according to the suffering as the reward. Anytime we experience pain as a result of our progress in Torah, we can rest assured that the Torah regimen is doing its job, breaking our attachment to our detrimental habits and our default emotional fantasy-based view of reality, and instilling within us beneficial habits while guiding us to a truer view of reality. According to this reading of our Mishnah in Avos, Lufum Tzara Agra is not a prescriptive statement, but a descriptive statement. Ben Hehe isn't telling us, you'd better power through the pain because the more pain you endure, the more reward you'll get. Rather, he's providing us with a useful perspective for monitoring our own development, saying, if you are experiencing pain and frustration in your relationship with Torah, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. To the contrary, it is indicative of progress. The more pain you are experiencing, the more progress you are potentially making. Now, uh, that's the end of the quote from the article. So. There's a lot more to think about there. I have to actually revisit this and think, uh, see if I still fully agree with it. Uh, but for our purposes, I think that this pairs very well with the quote from uh, Epictetus that we started off with, which is, again, just to read it again because it's so short. Uh, Men, the philosopher's lecture hall is a hospital. You shouldn't walk out of it feeling pleasure but pain, for you aren't well when you enter it. Um, and I, I think that this is an important thing about... Well, okay, I guess I want to make two points. First point is... And I'm, I'm thinking about this because I had a discussion uh, in Yeshiva with the guys uh, last night, actually. Uh, and we were talking about why we are in Yeshiva, you know, and what the goal of Yeshiva is. And so different people gave different answers. And one person said that the goal is to develop a Derek Halimud, uh, to, you know, a, a methodology of learning. And that happens to be what our Yeshiva focuses on. And uh, while I didn't disagree with that, uh, the way I framed it really is that it's about developing a Derek HaChaim, a way of life of which the Der Halimud is a part. In other words, 
the life that we live is that we seek to live is 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 a life uh, in accordance with the objectives of the Torah, which is to develop us as a Talmudim, a truth-seeking uh, human being, um, however you want to define that, and. And our learning is a part of that. The goal of yeshiva, the goal of learning, is not just to get ideas or to train your mind to be able to think. It's to be able to live in a certain way, and the thinking is is uh, is a means to that. Uh, and the life is a life that revolves around thinking and about learning lishma, learning for its own sake. But the purpose is not the um, is not just to acquire this intellectual skill. Uh, it's to to affect the way you live. And the reason why I'm bringing this up here is because. Uh, I think a lot of people think of philosophy as uh, as uh, a primarily intellectual discipline, and that's I think what uh, Epictetus is trying to refute, uh, to object to, saying that it's uh, uh, that you, <laughs> philosophy should affect the way you live and should cause you pain because you're not living uh, in line with these ideas. And uh, this, this is part of what attracts me to Stoicism is that it is a type of philosophy that is focused on the practical and on the derechachaim. So that's one point. But the second point, and uh, the point that is relevant to the title here, is we are now in the month of Elul. We are, I don't know what day it is actually, is it the 7th of Elul? 6th? I'm not sure when I'm recording this. Uh, but, you know, this is a time in which we prepare for Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim and Aserzi Me Tshuva, the 10 days of Tshuva in between those two holidays, where we focus intensively on our own Teshuva, our own, uh, you know, returning to Hashem, and self-improvement. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us have started these uh, uh, certain uh, projects of, of of habit cultivation and teshuva in Elul itself. And I just want to, you know, <laughs> maybe this goes without saying, but like, I think the message of this is this should be a painful month. Uh, this should be a painful month and the Sarasimei teshuva should be a painful 10 days because if it's not painful, real self-improvement is going to be painful. You know, if you, if you think that you can have this self-improvement that uh, it, you just kind of like waltz through it and everything feels nice and good, that's not actually change. <laughs> you know, that's chances are you're walking right into the trap of, uh, of the, uh, of the emotions. In fact, in uh, one of the parts of this article, which I did not quote, which I now realize I should have quoted, is a statement from the Rav, from Rav Solveitchik, uh, in footnote four of Halachic Man, uh, when he's talking about religion. And he says, religion is not at the outset a refuge of grace and mercy for the despondent and desperate, an enchanted stream for crushed spirits, but a raging, clamorous torrent of man's consciousness with all its crises, pangs, and torments. Yes, it is true that during the third Sabbath meal at dusk, as the day of rest declines and man's soul yearns for its creator and is afraid to depart from that realm of holiness whose name is Sabbath, into the dark and frightening secular workday workday week, we sing the psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters, etc., etc. And we believe with our entire hearts in the ultimate destination of the religious man, not the path leading to that destination. For the path that will eventually lead to the green pastures and to the still waters is not the royal road, but a narrow twisting footway that threads its course along the steep mountain slope as the terrible abyss yawns at the traveler's feet. Um, so I think that... Um, that you know, if a person's relationship with uh, with Judaism is one where they're just you know la di da di da, <laughs> uh, you know, waltzing through these uh, these pastures and God loves me and and uh, and thank you, Hashem, bumper stickers without any. Uh, I'm not, not not degrading thanking Hashem, obviously, you know, but I'm saying like if your life is a bumper bumper sticker life of slogans, and that's that is your relationship to the Torah's uh, developmental regimen. 
that's you're not developing. You're just indulging in a, a fantasy, uh, and really, there should be a uh, a there should be a healthy amount of pain in your life, especially during teshuva season, which we're in now. And if you're not feeling that, something's got to change. So I guess that's my my message for the the kicking off of both the uh, this yeshiva year and. Uh, and, you know, Elul and the season, what are we in now, season 9, season 10 of the Stoic Jew podcast, uh, is that I hope that we all have uh, a season, hopefully a year, hopefully a life of of tremendous pain uh, of the nature of uh, the pain that comes through real growth and change. So that is my wish for, uh, for all of us. Uh, okay, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, Please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the costs of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you'd like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make tour ideas available and accessible to everyone.